Nice, isn't it? Incredibly compact. Exquisite workmanship. Our engineers do such wonderful work. Mm. I feel like a double act. Welcome to the Trap One podcast, a flashcast for the day after Revelations. I'm Pete. I'm Jason. And I'm Sai. And we have just, uh, yeah, we, we we had a plan, didn't we, guys, to do a, a recording live at the venue, which we have managed to do before, but it was a little bit packed and a little bit rowdy, so instead it's the day after, and we are um, all, I think, basking with maybe slightly sore heads from the glow <laughs> of it all. <laughs> How did you both find it? Uh, Simon? I was really good. I haven't been to one since I did my very first Trap One on The Curse of Fenric, so it was just really nice to be back to see Revelation on the big screen and to meet lots of old friends and make some new friends as well. No, that's I think that's the best thing about these BFI events. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's I said? <laughs> no, it was um, <laughs> it was great. This this was my fourth um, BFI event as I went to Evil of the Daleks um, and really enjoyed that so much so that I've gone to all of the ones uh, since I've made a point of trying to grab hold of tickets as soon as they become available. Um, and as I said, you know, it's come to the point now where I don't even really mind what story is on the, is being shown. It's more of <laughs> the, the social event and seeing all the people that I've been talking to on Twitter. And as I said, seeing old friends, making new ones. Uh, but Revelation was good on the big screen for me because Revelation was my first Doctor Who memory when I was five years old. The statue falling on Colin at the end of part one was my, my earliest memory. So to see that on the big screen with everyone was yeah. uh, was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat. For me, um, season 22 is one is my favourite season, basically, of the classic show. Uh, well, maybe tied with season 19, depending on what mood I'm in. Season 19 is more optimistic and hopeful, isn't it? Which is ironic, considering what happens to Adric. Whereas season 22 <laughs> is... Um, I like the cue. I think... So something that I really enjoyed in, in this was seeing other people laughing at the same points where I laugh when I watch Resurrection, Revelation, I've done it already, of the Daleks. <laughs> um, Mr. Almost every line from Clive Swift as Mr. Jobel got a laugh, got a laugh in the arena. And it's, it, it's really, um, it's really League of Gentlemen-y dark humour, I think, uh, which maybe has, has aged quite well. Uh, it also has come more, more back into fashion, I don't know. Um, but... Um, yeah, it, it, the, did you notice that there's a very nice stereo on on some of the sound effects and the uh, the Dalek battle scenes in particular? Those laser bolts were whizzing from left to right when the uh, Imperials turned up. Yes, yeah, yeah. I did spot that. That was uh, there was some good sound work going on there, and I'm sure that they modified some of the Dalek voices to make them more Dalek-y because they were a bit um, a bit squeaky in certain places <laughs> in Revelation, and I think they made them a bit more grating and Dalek-y this time round on some of them. Yeah, I mean, this was one that they did the 5.1 mix for back on the DVD. So I think they've just beefed that up and it did sound really phenomenal. And it's always just something about hearing Peter Howe's theme um, played on a really great um, sound system. It just rocks. It sounds so good and so powerful. It, yeah, it does. It's an absolute belter and, and and it was great having uh, we should say shouldn't we we didn't just watch telly we had um we had guests and everything on on stage we um it was lovely to see roger lim come on and talk a bit i hadn't seen him before i don't think at, at an event uh and he, he loved it didn't he he was really in the in in the spirit and uh, uh full of stories about his time working in a, in a jazz band did you say you you'd come across 
that. I did. Peter Lynn's jazz band. Oh, that just amazes me. I, I just have this image of them playing like Revelation of the Daleks in a, in a smoky cafe, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> no, um, mine, um, a mutual friend of mine and Jason's, um, Andrew Clancy, um, actually plays in a jazz band and has played extensively with Roger Lim. And also, bizarrely, while he was alive, had Peter Miles singing with him, which is just a very <laughs> bizarre thing, really. Oh, please, I hope they did a Genesis cover. That would have been <laughs> a bit niche. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, so, we, so we had him come on and talk about all of that, uh, which was lovely. And then, um, who else did we get? But then the, the we had um, Gareth Kavanagh, didn't we, from Cutaway Comics, talking about the sort of exciting expanded world comics that they're doing yeah yeah and uh what they've done they've done Lytton ones haven't they and omega they've got brian blessed as omega haven't they that boggles yes, the mind a lovely long anecdote about brian blessed doing a commentary for mind warp without talking about mind warp at any point in the <laughs> being interrupted by kenneth branner arriving for tea apparently <laughs> That's you could, yeah. I I cannot imagine a Zoom call with Brian Blessed, <laughs> but, but <laughs> Kenneth Kenneth Branner turning up halfway through it would probably seem completely natural. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it did sound pretty much like he was doing the talk that we saw um, last year, Pete, didn't it? So, <laughs> it did, yes, it sounded very familiar. <laughs> yeah, his incredible one man show where uh, I suspect every single night the anecdotes get a little bit bigger and a little bit more risque. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, the uh, the presenter of, of of the event said he he almost started telling us. As a Brian Blessed joke, and then he said, "Oh, oh, oh are there any um, children in the audience today?" And, and, and a parental voice very worriedly said, "Yes." And he went, "Okay, <laughs> I, I won't. I won't tell that anecdote now. Then about Brian Blessed, you can probably imagine it anyway. <laughs> all, all words to that effect." <laughs> And then we had Chris Chapman on the stage talking about the Blu-ray range, uh, and they've really gone to town on this one with these lovely location shoots that we're going to get, haven't they? And we've not had a, a date set yet, have we, for release? Is that right? Yeah, they haven't oh, quite. Right. They haven't set the date yet. It's it's soon, but uh, and it's pre-orderable on Amazon, but they haven't set a release date for it yet. So the little snippets that we got from some of the um, extras that are coming looked really, really good, really good fun. So yeah. especially the Michael Grade interview, <laughs> which will be interesting to hit, to see in its entirety. It will, yes, yes. He, I, I have thoughts about that. Maybe I'll save them for the review of the full 20, season 22 box set because because mm-hmm. he thinks he's been proved right and I don't think he has <laughs> because Doctor <laughs> Who never Doctor Who never again for the classic run got ratings as high as season 22 after Michael Grade worked his magic and, and uh, decided it all needed to be refreshed um, but that's 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 a rant for a longer podcast that's a conversation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah the value added material clips that they showed were, were fantastic um, yeah. and they, they put on the um, the eternal mystery, the trailer that they'd uh, that Pete McTie wrote with uh, with Nicola Bryant as Perry going back to Crontep, and um, I mean that was impressive enough to see it on my phone when it was first released. But watching it on the big yeah. screen in the cinema was just an incredible experience. And even Colin Baker said it brought a tear to the eyes. So. Yeah, yeah, and all this, and I just kept marvelling at all the candles. I think they were all real, unless they're added by CGI. How long did it take them to light all those candles? <laughs> <laughs> that's, de- that's the devotion you get mm-hmm. with a Doctor Who trailer from from this team. Um, and and Nicola Bryant is just, just looking and sounding wonderful as ever, isn't she? Yeah, she she was really great, wasn't she? I, it's it's weird watching all of these these ones where you've got sort of the companions but they're older and they're 
but their adventures are going on in ways that you didn't really expect. And it's just just lovely to see them get get a chance to play their characters on screen and for another time, sort of thirty odd years later. And this is something Nicola Bryant said, wasn't it? That um, mm. in her interview where she said said there's this little job I did on TV. She said where I was Doctor Who's assistant. She said I did it for for a couple of years, and then thirty years on, I'm in the BFI watching myself play Perry again. She said, and actually, she said, I'm still playing Perry. I really, I said all <laughs> yeah. the time. It, it never stops. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, it just keeps that universe keeps on growing. <laughs> And it was, um, it, I loved um, uh, when she, she was talking about something I hadn't heard before, that, that she, she was talking about Alexi Sale on set and that he seemed to somehow be, get a special dispensation or just charmed his way with Graham Harper to be allowed to rewrite some of his own lines and get away with it, um, which, which her and Colin were a little bit jealous of, but also really enjoyed. And, uh, and she says in some of that, she didn't specify which lines it was, but that's immediately got me thinking about that scene where she says to him, is that your real accent? And he says, no, is that yours? Or something like that. Because <laughs> that, um, that really sounds like the sort of thing that a, a mischievous uh, guy like him might, have, uh, might throw to her. And uh, yeah, she just talked about how much she loved doing those scenes with him. It's such an unusual story revelation in its structure. Um, and yet all, all of these little double acts uh, within it, that it, um, yeah, it really goes to some unusual places. It's certainly unique, I think, would be a fair way to describe Revelation of the Daleks. It's a very odd story. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no um, there's no sort of let's just churn out a bit more Doctor Who, which is what some people sometimes say about that era. I, and and I'm, I defend it staunchly, but I think this is, a re- this is a really good example of them. Clearly, the, the one thing they're not doing is just churning this out. They're really putting yeah. thought into it. And uh, they, you know, they're taking it to a different place, and it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But, no. um, and indeed, yeah. I spoke to a couple of people at the event who came out and said as much as they enjoyed the event they didn't really enjoy the story that much um but that's that's one <laughs> yeah, of the great yeah. things about yeah, the, these awesome. events is that and <laughs> you know i've said i'm i'm a i'm a jaded old fan of 30 odd years who's now seen every episode multiple times and heard all the missing episode soundtracks and read loads of the extended media and so on and so forth uh, so it's really good now through twitter and through these bfi events to be reminded that there are still a whole load of people who are coming to this sort of for the first time some of this stuff and they haven't seen these stories before that we all know and can recite backwards and pull out quotes from and things like that so I envy these people who still have all this great stuff still to see yeah yeah it's it's sad to think I I was sad on the day that I watched my last classic my last unwatched classic story because I was like oh I've finished the jigsaw now it's Mm. never going to be quite the same again yeah yeah like we were saying yesterday it all, all we've got really now is missing episode discoveries where we get to see um, part or, if we're very lucky, a whole story again that we've not seen. But otherwise, that's it. We've, we've done it all. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're like, God, we sound like the... Uh, <laughs> we sound like we're about to relaunch Last of the Summer Wine with the three of us. <laughs> we've done it all. It's all over. There's, yeah, no there's always going to be... <laughs> They'll, they'll be doing. They'll be doing Shader with Shada with puppet. I still can't pronounce it right. They'll be doing Shada with puppets in ten years' time or CGI immersive versions. Metaverse Delta and the Banner Men is only five years away. <laughs> but well, yeah, no, it's the... a very interesting story. Revelation because it's not one that I love, but it's one I 
hugely admire, but it's just a bit too dark and a bit too nasty, I think, for me. And other than the Doctor and Perry, no one actually in the story is particularly likable. But they're all (laughs) incredibly well played, which sort of gives it that live. It's it's a really great cast, and it has a really great atmosphere like not many Doctor Who stories have. And the, music, um, the music is a big part of that as well, isn't it? It really just definitely operatic. And the death, things like in um, uh, Jobel's death scene, that that that, that howling music that, that uh, we'd sort of heard a bit in Caves of Angersani the year before, it's it's that turned up to twelve and just just really, uh, yeah, operatic and over, over the certainly over the top in that way. Too, yeah. And speaking of op- operatic, we had the um, exquisite Eleanor Bron. <laughs> Starring in the oh. show as well, didn't we? <laughs> I, I I am an absolute Eleanor Brom fanboy, and so yeah, because of this, I should say this is what. Um, and she's been in, yeah, she's been in so many things. I only discovered in the bath half an hour ago that she's. I think I knew I'd forgotten. She's the the voice on BT phones that said the number you have dialed is not available. I only really? just realised. Yeah, no since, since 1985. Wow, <laughs> that must be a nice little earner. I don't know if she gets residuals. Maybe you know, <laughs> Every that's, time that's played. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think they must. I, I bet when they were recording it, she said, can, "Can I just rephrase this slightly?" Like, no, you can't say the number you've dialed was not exquisite enough because she doesn't <laughs> say that in *Pity of Death* and in *Revelation of the Daleks*. And I've done that clip of that audio book from 1905 that she reads, where she says it about a hundred times in the course of this old novel. <laughs> but uh, she is just. The, the, if she owns the word, that she owns the word exquisite. What more can we say? <laughs> and she gets top billing. I notice after the Doctor and Perry. Uh, it, it's yeah, she wrong. shared shared a billing with. Yeah. With Perry, didn't she? Yeah, so that's like most expensive cast member is what that basically mm-hmm. denotes, I think. Yeah. I think the other cast member who's really definitely worthy of um, comment is William Gaunt as Orsini. Isn't he great? Yeah. Brilliant. And I only knew him from sitcoms. I, yeah, did you know him when you were when you were nipper from from the um, from because he used to was it the Persuaders? I knew he was no in? place like, like home, Indian wasn't it? That's it. Yeah, where um, uh, what's his name from Sharda? Is his son is his lodger, and mm. Flower Child is his daughter <laughs> from Great <laughs> Show in the Galaxy. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, he was in one of those like, big uh, '60s adventure series. Type. The champion, yeah, the champion, champion. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I guess that wasn't entirely new for him, but yeah, he's got that whole dignity thing, and and there's there's little hints in his character, isn't there? Of, actually, he's not. I mean, he was fired as an assassin, or so, you know, he's been expelled from the order for something or other, and is hoping to get it back in. And they don't really go into that, but he, that's always there in his performance, I think. Yeah. But Jenny Thomason as um, Tassin Becker is a much better assassin. She kills she kills her victim within five minutes of Davros telling her to. <laughs> or, with but, a, um, yeah, with a hypodermic syringe. <laughs> that's the way. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that is the way to do it. And I, I love the way Davros sees her losing her temper and being a nasty, bossy little fascist and thinks, ah, she could be my kind of person. And then they have mm-hmm. this scene, what they're watching Jobel and Davros and is, is like sort of goading her. But it's sort of like Gossip Girl or Sex in the City or something. He's like, see his infidelities. Uh, and uh, they have their little, um, yeah, ganging up, psyching her up to go and do the job. But and, but that is another, and, and I know her performance is um, uh, a, a lot of people find it un, quite hard to take. Uh, but I think, it, and, and um, it's a shame that Graham Harper couldn't make it, isn't it? He, he sent a note, a note of apology. Yes, but he's, but he's yeah, directing Hollyoaks. 
yeah. Well, it's I good mean, he's still working. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they if there's uh, a Hollyoaks, if there's a spaceship crashing on Hollyoaks or something like that. Because <laughs> they got him into Coronation Street, didn't they, to do the Coronation Street bus, uh, no, uh, train crash. When a, when a train crashed into Coronation Street on their 50th or 60th anniversary, uh, they got Graham Harper in to direct it. He'd done it before, but they thought, who do we know who's a Coronation Street director who's also got a bit of experience with like massive explosions and things? And uh, of course, he's going to be the guy to go to. But yeah, I, I was at a convention last year where he really spoke sort of about her uh, jenny thomason's strange performance and he's like no that's exactly what i wanted and like in rehearsals well we say no be more pathetic because uh, we want the audience to just cringe at this woman's uh, awful situation um but yeah as you say it's not um not a barrel of laughs and jolliness in that in that sense simon no <laughs> no it's but a very then- funny story but it's not a not a light-hearted one it's very dark the humor no. yeah yeah well a, a lot of a, a lot of other laughs were got by the uh, the clips we got from um of behind the sofa on the upcoming release weren't we well they chose time lash so of course we got a lot of laughs <laughs> um, yeah there was a lot of appreciation i think yeah. for paul darrow's performance coming from yeah. from the guests on I the mean, sofa yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Cuts to Janet Fielding with her hand over her face, unable to watch at one point. <laughs> and there was a slightly awkward moment where um, Sylvester McCoy on the big screen says, oh, look, you can see Nicola Bryant stopped acting there. And like, she was sat in the front row watching this. And I was like, have you seen that before? But then they had a laugh about it, didn't they, when Colin and Nicola were on stage? Um, yes, and I, I did love Colin turned around and said, well, he said, when I did one of Peter's seasons, I was really polite and nice, said... Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So here's hoping. What's next? Season 20 is out there somewhere, Mm -hmm. isn't it? One one day we'll get season 20 or 21. Who knows what order they're going to come in. Well, Colin would be a good choice for Behind the Sofa on that one, wouldn't he? Mm. Yeah. Since he's in it (laughs) as well. So... Yeah, they'll have to do that. So then, after the after all these um, interviews, which was great, it was a competition as well. Some people won some prizes. We um, then it was the the autograph queue, and the autograph queue was huge, wasn't it? Understandably, basically everybody wanted to wanted them. Although I, I had already got them both, uh, Colin and Nicola, in, in my book. So uh, I, I headed to the cafe. <laughs> um, did yeah, you, did you did the tea run? So thank you very oh, much for that, Pete. <laughs> provisions. I was provided logistical support to the autograph. Yes. Queue. <laughs> Yes, I did join the autograph queue, and I did see it through to the end. I managed to get Nicola's autograph, uh, but oh, it did take a long time. Uh, but so busy nattering away with people in the autograph queue that I suddenly realised it was quarter past five, and I still hadn't got the autograph. So, yeah, it did take <laughs> quite some time. By the time we got back down again at the end of it, the quiz was all done and finished, and they were just collecting things and getting the answers sorted. Um, ah, that was right. Yeah, that's why we were quizzing. Yeah, which in which we made, our team did manage to come second. Jason, if only you'd been there, we would we could have won that thing uh, because we. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the group of us that there was did manage to. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but I was surprised and delighted to to, to come in second. Was was uh... absolutely. Uh, that <laughs> yeah. was, that's a whopping achievement against some of the fans who were in that in that bar that yesterday afternoon <laughs> yes yeah 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 they're the, the, the proper experts we're just a load of ramshackle ram, ramshackle traveling people who happen to turn up for the thing and there's people who go there every week it was really hard wasn't it i mean oh um i think jess jerkovich took the um 
took the prize for the most difficult and geeky <laughs> round of the whole thing with his Dalek sound effects round, which outfoxed even me. And I thought I knew a lot about the Radiophonic Workshop Dalek sound effects, but no. <laughs> I thought I heard some sound drifting up to the autograph queue, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you sort of were over above us, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was like, so here's the now here's the beating heartbeat of the Dalek Control Centre. Okay, now in which story did the second beat start to be played with slightly less emphasis than the first? What? It was a multiple choice. That was a thing. No, no. It's incredible. Uh, I was happy. We got a few right, though. We did, including one of which. uh, The 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 very funny question was: um, it was the same question ten times. In which story did the Doctor say, "When I say run, run, run," Uh, and uh, revealed at the end that there were actually twelve, mostly Troutons, of course. But yeah, and some he didn't he didn't say it in five Doctors. That surprised me. He said he just it's like, "Come on, Brigadier, run." That in my mind, because I, I, I checked on that amazing Chakateo website that has every single script. After, afterwards, of course, not during the quiz, because <laughs> I got it wrong. I put five doctors. <laughs> I just hasten to add. Uh, but um, I was able to put Orphan 55, and I'm always happy when I'm able to put that somewhere. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> I'm the only, I'm the that one was our who's... first answer in that round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just turn around and say, Orphan 55! <laughs> yeah. I'm the, I'm the one person who knows, who's got that script memorised. So, and, and then after quizzing, everybody just sort of just hung around and, and, and drank drinks and chatted chat, basically. Yes. Drank a lot of drinks. <laughs> and spilt a lot of drinks on our table. That was a theme for the evening. It really was, wasn't it? And actually, and, and through genuine, it wasn't um, inebriation. It was just 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 uh, clumsiness, basically. Yes, clumsiness and failing of arms. Most spectacular, wasn't it? With, that, was, with yeah. that shower of cider everywhere. <laughs> it was. It was like he'd opened a bottle of champagne somehow out of his pint, his, his pint of cider. Just, uh, yeah. Um, but I managed to escape the worst of that. Oh, sorry, I missed that. I had. I went about half a dozen of us were dying to eat, and the restaurant said they've got a half, an hour and a half before they can seat anyone. So we just went somewhere else and went hunting for food outside. <laughs> yeah, where did you go? Where did you, did you find somewhere we, nice? We went to Honest Burgers. That sounds honest. Very good. Yeah. Well, how honest were they? They had burgers and they had burgers, so that's fairly honest. Did like, they like go? Yeah. It's nothing special, to be honest. It's just a burger. <laughs> as long as it's not made out of um, processed protein, we'll be fine. That would generate consumer resistance. Exactly. <laughs> I love that line. That line got a really big laugh from Davros in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the room. That's it did. Although I still, the biggest laugh I think was probably Vogel's line about being a past master at the double end. Entry, which is not supposed to be <laughs> but yeah we managed to sneak into the restaurant eventually didn't we after waiting the hour and a half yeah well we spent so long dithering about where else to go instead that by the time we'd finished dithering there was actually spaces available at the restaurant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the power of a good dither turned out to mm-hmm. save us having to go out uh, and it was very nice if you get a chance it to was. dine in a very beer, good like, chat yeah uh, and then I looked at my watch in, in panic and realised I had exactly forty-five minutes to get to draw the last train north, and uh, and just made it with our little um, our little blue Colin Baker blue coat Colin Baker Eagle Moss figure that we won as our runners-up prize from the quiz. Uh, and who, who got we we won, we won a, a um a Borad as we well, didn't we? Did yes, I think Tom took took the Borad home with him. Jolly good, that's in safe hands. So yes, because he he was on the winning team last time, so he he'd taken Scaroff with him last time. So I think he's just finding teams that where he can just win another 
Eagle Moss um, figurine and take it home. <laughs> <laughs> Very tactical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do we know that there's, no, there's nothing in the diary yet for a next one there, is there? Because they've still not yet announced that season two is going to be the next um, Blu- uh, Blu-ray officially. Although I've, I've seen that on Twitter mentioned quite a few times. I think a lot of people are presuming it's going to be season two. They may yet pull a surprise on us. But that's, nothing's been said yet, has it, officially? Nothing's yeah. been confirmed, although I imagine the next BFI event will probably be the Abominable Snowmen. I expect they'll do one for that. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. When that animation gets released. Is that out in June, something like that? I don't know. Again, I don't think they've announced it officially because there was a bit Ah. of a flurry, wasn't there, where everyone suddenly got um, a notification to say it was coming at the end of May and then Gary Russell turned up to say, well, where did you find that out? Because (laughs) we haven't finished it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, um, yeah, I guess some retailers or particularly specialist sci-fi retailers will sort of pencil something in as a guess. And then that might get um, taken as as being a leak of official information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but long, long may they continue. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, as I said, I haven't been to one for a couple of years, thanks to various various reasons. But um, I'm definitely up for another one. That was a yeah. really enjoyable day, and yeah. I haven't had a day like that meeting fans for ages. And that's one yeah. of my favourite things. It, it's been great. As I've said, I've said several times now i've got to the point where i don't really care which story they put on i go for the atmosphere and the people as much as anything else and just watching any doctor who in a cinema screen with a whole bunch of fans is it's such a different experience to watching it any other way yeah. so it's just brilliant so i think i was saying to somebody else during the evening as well the whole emphasis of going to conventions themselves has changed for me because i used to go for the guests like oh we've got Colin and Nicola and we've got you know Katie Manning or whatever and if I happened to meet people there I knew that was great and you know a bonus now it's the other way around I go and see who else is going that I know and then the guests are a bonus themselves so <laughs> it's kind of you know that's so I'm definitely up for the next BFI event yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know I know a lot of people are um you know, there's the obvious, the, the, and I make jokes about it myself. It's in remote and and uh, inconvenient London uh, for the vast majority of people, <laughs> but that's where the BFI is. But it, it would be lovely, mm-hmm. and, and I guess there's all sorts of practical reasons, and it might be expensive, whatever. But it, I would love it if they could um, put it simultaneously, put it on in a cinema in Manchester or something, um, and have the interviews, you know, the panel on on screen as well as as, as the showing. Um, I don't know if anything like that's on the cards. Maybe that's just not how they operate. But that would that would be a nice extra thing because it, obviously it is a long way for people to travel to. Uh, but um, but we're lucky, we're lucky to have it. I mean, we're never going to grumble about that too much because it's uh, it, it's what I, what I can't think of any other TV show fandoms who get this kind of opportunity at all. So yeah. No, I mean the the other thing about being in London is that whatever you know direction or whatever you come in, every you can get to London from everywhere else. But for a lot of other places, if you want to go other places, you've got to go through London anyway. So that's my observation of the train networks, at least. You know, a lot of places that I go, I end up going to London, change and go out of London. So you know, yeah, if you have something yeah. in London, everywhere leads to London eventually. 
team team out will sort this all out when that comes along anyway it'll suddenly make getting to the trains a lot easier <laughs> yes yes oh god i did the, the, the run i had to do from the northern line platform to the um Marley bone platform a few hundred meters directly above it um burned off a few of the calories from the burger that i'd had in the uh, in the bfi bar so that's okay i suppose you might have missed this jason because uh, in the quiz um they asked one of the questions was on the on the roundabout revelation of the daleks one of the questions was which of these four DJs, no, which, which of these four people was not considered for the role of the DJ? And it was handy because they'd mentioned some of them in the in the thing earlier. So we knew that, mm. um, who, who are the people like um, uh, David Kenny Bowie Everett. And... Yeah, yeah, David Bowie, that's right, son, and, and, uh, and, and Kenny Everett. And But then the, the one that was the, the correct answer, because it was the one who wasn't actually considered, was Terry Wogan. Um, but the idea of Terry Wogan having that beam of rock and roll to kill the Daleks with in, um, <laughs> in, in his uh, DJ booth would have just been amazing. And he could have fallen down and done the same thing with his wig splaying as uh, <laughs> Joe Bolton, <laughs> which would have been iconic. And that's an overused word, but that would definitely be the right word. Yeah. No way to use for that. that a lot of laughs on our table at the thought of that. <laughs> so yeah, so thank you for um, listening. I hope you've enjoyed this little summary of the day. If you were if you were there, um, it was nice to see you. If you weren't, maybe we'll see you uh, at one in future. Uh, I hope you keep on enjoying all of these uh, Blu-ray releases. You'll be hearing from Trap One with a big review of the season twenty-two one when it does drop, and there's lots more uh, Trap Ones on the way soon. I think the Pirate Planet vinyl's up next, isn't it? That's just been held over. That's right. Yeah, we recorded that last week, so that would be good. That was a, a good love-in <laughs> for Douglas Adams and the Pirate <laughs> Planet from us all. Fantastic. Uh, so do look out for that dropping into your feeds soon. But for now, we'll all say goodbye and see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Excellent. Absolutely. Exquisite. Slight perfection. Exquisite weapon. I know other flawless. Absolutely flawless. Everything about her was at once vigorous and exquisite. A pleasure so exquisite and excessive. The most exquisite form of self-indulgence. All the exquisite influences of the hour trembled in their veins. And confirming the assurance by the appeal of her exquisite nearness. She said the villa was full of most exquisite things and she was really sorry to leave. Do look at this exquisite white sapphire. I'm sure the person who chose it must have taken particular pains. And she told me that Celeste showed her the most exquisite things she was just sending home to Lily. If their house was shabby, it was exquisitely kept. And so we had leisure to muse on all its exquisite details. The sudden and exquisite reaction from her anxieties, it was her exquisite inaccessibleness, the sense of distance she could convey without a hint of disdain, not always keeping herself fresh and exquisite and amusing. The transiency of exquisite moments. The coffee was so exquisite that he asked for a second cup. Such a contrast to the watery stuff at the club. Naturally, your entrance is grand. Red carpet rolls out on the side they stand. Worshipping you like a goddess, like a goddess. Somehow.